Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears. Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The score! score! Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports station presented by bet rivers sportsbook good saturday morning chicago welcome inside the clubhouse right here at 67 the score and your odyssey app broadcasting live from the hyundai score studios i'm david haw along with bruce levine talking baseball until 11 o'clock again as we do 52 saturdays a year starting with the suddenly surging white Sox in the cause of wait for it bruce chiromania for a team that's caught fire suddenly under its interim manager. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? Good morning, David. Yeah, it's a long journey from La Russa to Cairo. Uh, you better, I don't know if you're taking uh, air, if you're going by air or by rail, <laughs> but it's a, it's, it's been a long trip. And uh, suddenly we're seeing some fire in the Chicago White Sox here over the past uh, four games. And, uh, you know, looking at, Maybe their most exciting game uh, in over a year last night, uh, coming back and, and winning that ball game and uh, doing it in uh, surprising fashion, to say the least. Well, let's uh, just agree that they're headed in the right direction, wherever they're going. Finally, we can say that on a Saturday morning, Bruce. Three straight victories without Tony Larusa, who is in Arizona, still undergoing testing, and we're awaiting some more clarity on that situation. You wish Tony the best of health, but in his absence, the team has been playing very well, Bruce. And last night, as you alluded to, the ninth inning, a spirited uh, exchange on the mound. Andrew Vaughn uh, hit on the shoulder, benches cleared. The Sox win in walk-off fashion. Uh, they walked it off twice because of the umpire review. We'll get to a lot of that in the details in a moment. Want to set up today's show. We're going to talk a lot of White Sox because this is September. They are three out now with 30 games to play. It's exciting. It's a pennant race. They seem to be a team uh, that has – at least caught a spark right now. And the Cubs in St. Louis, losers 8 to nothing. They had a good month of August. They want to duplicate that and improve upon that. In September, we'll talk to Nick Madrigal, their second baseman, who's 
red hot since he came back on August 3rd. We'll talk to him at 1030. Before that, Chris Getz, the assistant general manager of the White Sox, will join us at 10 o'clock, Bruce. But let's start on the south side last night. Twins in town. And absolutely, this is a series the Sox need to win. Absolutely, this is the time of the year they need to wake up. How would you describe the details of what happened in the ninth inning last night, Bruce, and what it means in the big picture? Well, you know, first of all, get, you know, a couple guys getting base hits, and, and then the, the hit batter was certainly, you know, uh, you know, a big deal. I mean, you get, you get Vaughn up there. He's, you know, arguably your most consistent hitter all year long, uh, you know, all due respect to Abreu, uh, he he he's been there all year, you know, right around 300. But uh, as far as the situation goes, you have Lopez who came over from Baltimore and is the closer from Minnesota. Came over in the uh, deadline trade, and and he is a predominantly inside pitcher. He throws inside. That is the key to jamming right-handed hitters. That's the key to closing out games for him. And he he just didn't have his command uh, very very much at all. Uh, he got some balls up and out that they hit, and then he hits. Um, then he 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 hits. Uh, you know the the batter there, and and he goes to first base. But what what transpired after that was interesting, David, because after Vaughn is hit, then all of a sudden you know people look back. There starts to be some conversation. And then all of a sudden the bench is clear, and before we know it, within 30 seconds, Miguel Cairo and uh, manager Rocco Baldelli of the Twins have to be separated. Okay, and you see Cairo, you know, screaming, yelling, uh, being pushed away. Eventually, both teams warned, right, David? And Cairo starts objecting to it and gets tossed out by the man by the <laughs> umpires. He didn't know, as he admitted in the post that uh, he didn't know you can't argue a warning by an umpire. That's you get an ejection for arguing that. And because that can go on for a week, you know, saying, well, the guy throws inside and hits our guy. He goes to first base and you're giving us a warning. So obviously that's a rule that's been in there for a long time now that I don't know if anybody, including uh, Miguel, was aware of unless you've been managing for a while and he got tossed. And then, it, then it's uh, it's the the end of the ball game, and you see the uh, infield single by Abreu, and and suddenly it's some magic on the south side of Chicago. Yes, it's a 500 team. Yes, it's still three games out of first place, four in the loss column. But uh, finally, we're seeing some energy uh, out of the White Sox at a time where you expected to them expected them, David, to quietly go away. Signs of life is what you're talking about, and proof of life is what you needed to see, and that's what you got with this this little melee in the ninth inning. Look, a couple things. Andrew Vaughn was hit up and in, and it was something that with the 97-mile-per-hour fastball, under those circumstances, tensions high, he basically muttered to himself, maybe in the direction of the pitcher, that it was, you know, it was up. He he said something that. Lopez took offense to right and and I guess that is that is his prerogative but then he said something back and then Baldelli gets involved and after the game Baldelli you know blames the White Sox and the White Sox are on the uh, top step and they're waiting for something to happen it, it, come on it's it's intensity I don't know that they needed to throw out the managers they warned both teams and then I, I just thought that was a bit of an overreaction 
But to me, Bruce, it underscored how different this Sox team has been in terms of intensity since they had this players-only meeting about three games ago, which coincided with the beginning of this winning streak. Do you see this is a question everybody's asking around Chicago this morning, especially on the south side, Bruce. Do you see cause-effect between players-only meeting in LaRusso's absence and the winning streak? I do. I mean, there, and you can all look, I, I always go back to 19, 1991 with the Cubs, okay? Don Zimmer, famous manager there, wins in 89, 90, uh, not too good, 91, uh, looking for a new contract. They don't extend him. They fire him uh, after a dismal uh, couple months of the season. And Jim Essien comes in, minor league manager at Iowa, and all of a sudden the Cubs go 5-0, and all right? And they say, this is just what the Cubs needed. It's refreshing. Uh, you know, they needed a new voice in there. Zim was great, but Essien is the man for now. And then they, they fall on their face miserably. And Essien's hat keeps going down further and further and further every game. They keep looking bad, playing bad baseball. End of the year comes, you know, Jim Fry gets fired. My point is, is that uh, this is just a, a short sample, okay? We've been there before with the White Sox. They're at 500. The main point to the fact that they're in it at all is that Cleveland is now minus two starting pitchers. That Minnesota right. has been inconsistent. And there's a big, big opening, a huge opening for the White Sox to run through right now to get back into this race. After being six games out, they're now three games out after winning, you know, picking up three games in just a few days. So, again, it's all about American League Central Baseball. The White Sox are not a great team. The Indians are not a great team. The Twins are not a great team. They are average teams fighting it out to see who wins the American League Central, and it should probably go all the way down to the end. I want to get into some of those uh, things you just talked about, Bruce, but I, I think I want to hear from Miguel Cairo last night first because since the players-only meeting, the emphasis uh, that we are led to believe during that talk was to have fun. And one baseball, great baseball philosopher, I think his name was Ozzy Guillen, he said, fun is winning and winning is fun. And they have won since, and this is what Miguel Cairo had to say last night after the Sox won their third in a row. They're just having fun right now. It's, 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 that's the, it should be, the game should be played like that. Hard, compete, go out there and, 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 and give everything you got and, and enjoy what you're doing. And as for the fun of coming off of the, out of the benches and coming out of the dugout, this is how he addressed what happened when tempers flared a little bit. That's, uh, you know, that's a, that's a reaction. My reaction was just, I want to protect my player. And when I saw him coming over here, he was protecting his player. And, of course, I'm going to go protect my player. But nothing, I didn't see nothing. I was just protecting, you know, my player. Make sure he's in the game. Nothing happened. Bruce, is there an award for interim manager of the year? Because right now, Miguel Cairo is the front runner. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'm just, you know, what I'm happy for is that there is, relevant baseball now being played by the White Sox on the South side and that South side fans have something to look forward to uh, after going through probably the most disappointing season that I can ever remember for the White Sox having. I remember, you know, 2006 after they won the World Series, they won 90 games. They didn't get in the playoffs. They were still a good team. Okay. Uh, you know, again, uh, I can't remember 
maybe 1984, after the White Sox, uh, you know, had a great run and uh, lost to Baltimore in the in the playoffs in the ALCS. I think that was hugely disappointing year. But I can't remember a more disappointing season for the Chicago White Sox and their fan base than in 2022. I, I, David, I just it's been agonizing, I think, for White Sox fans the way that uh, the way I've heard it from them, the way I've watched this season, where you win one, you lose one, you win one, you lose one, you win two, you lose two, yeah. you you lose the first game of series over and over and over again. It's just been a very frustrating year. So the last few days, with Tony's departure, you know, it, it, I, I doubt that it has a lot to do with Tony. And again, three one two six four four six seven six seven. I think the players only only meeting had a lot to do with this. I think the fact, and, and I'll, I'll stick to it, the White Sox have good pitching. They have really good pitching, okay? And you're going to stay in a lot of ball games. Your Their offense has been, you know, horrible this year. But good, def, good pitching, below average defense, below average base running, below average offense, good pitching keeps you afloat. And it has, and I think it will continue to do that. We do want to hear from the Sox fans to think to, to see if they believe there is hope now after three straight victories. We want to tap into some of that uh, optimism, if you will, because it's been a season full of pessimism, a season full of reality, and the reality has been the Sox have been the most disappointing team in baseball. But, Bruce, one more, one more question for you on last night because we're focusing on the emotional part of the victory and what happened in the ninth inning and how they walked it off after clearing the benches and everything that happened to to give them that walk-off victory. I want to talk about how things started, and I want to get your opinion on the White Sox turning to an opener with Joe Kelly. Didn't have it. He didn't have it. He gave up the two runs. He threw more pitches than he had in any outing this season at 34. And I just wonder, it, again, the cause-effect. Tony LaRusso, who did use an opener one other time this year. It was earlier, but this is such a meaningful game. It was such an important uh, start to a series that means everything to the Sox. Was there any relation between, okay, Tony's gone. Now we can use an opener. Now we can go to this modern way of thinking to open a game. We're going to use Joe Kelly rather than Davis Martin or some other alternative. Do you think that that's reading too much into it or is there something there? It certainly sounds uh, more uh, metrics related, David. I mean, you know, I, I would, I would say that, you know, it has, it has to do with the fact that, um, you know, they wanted to do some things differently. I don't think Tony would have used the opener. But, it, you know, again, analytics is such a big thing in baseball right now. You know, they felt, you know, give uh, give Davis, let him come in after the first. Uh, let's get uh, him in there to start the, fir the first inning. And, uh, I, you know, it didn't work out for whatever reason. It wasn't wasn't a good, good move. I Personally, I don't like it. I, I don't like the idea of the opener. I, I don't know what your thoughts are. I mean, it, to me, it's, you know, it's it's trying to reinvent the wheel. Uh, I, I just don't see the purpose of getting one inning in and then bringing someone else in for, for three or four or five and just trying to piece together a, a whole game that way. I, it's, I really don't like it. I really don't uh, like it either, Bruce. And I'm not saying that this is as just a reaction to Joe Kelly you know, not having it again last night. I think that was predictable from the moment that he, he just hasn't had a good year. But I don't like it for the reasons you said. I just think it seems a bit out of sync. It seems a bit 
unorthodox, and I don't think you need to reinvent the wheel. And I think, but there's two things that, that I don't like, but I'm okay with if you have a, a high leverage situation and it's the fifth or sixth inning and you identify that as the turning point of the game and you want to bring in, you know, maybe your eighth inning setup guy or maybe your big power arm. We have seen that happen and we have seen that work. That's, I think, different from taking one of your best relievers in theory and putting him at the beginning of the game. I didn't like the Sox going into it, and uh, that was an easy one to first guess for me. Well, there are a lot of most valuable pitchers on this team. You know, everybody talks to points to Cueto and sees who's going again today. I, I don't think there's anyone more valuable than uh, Ronaldo Lopez. Okay, he is that guy that you just talked about, David. If you want to bring him in the fourth, fifth inning, uh, that that is perfect, and he's going to he, he has just been brilliant this year. You know, he's just done everything that you could ask him to do. I think he's he's a starter again in weight starting next year, you know, again, going back into the rotation. But for now, uh, he, he's been fantastic. So you, you do have that guy. For the most part, the White Sox pitching has been outstanding. And now with Lynn over the last three starts being Lance Lynn again, and the first guy, I will note, the first guy out there, that's the fastest I've ever seen Lance Lynn run. <laughs> Uh, to get out there. Uh, six, Bruce, six, six, Bruce. 275 pounds of rolling thunder going out there. If I'm the Minnesota Twins, I'm going, eh, you know, I'm going to take a step back here. I don't, I don't want to run into Lance Lynn as he's uh, coming my way. Bruce, as the White Sox emptied the dugout as quickly as they did so, I wasn't worried about getting injured in a fight. I was worried about them pulling a hamstring, running to the mound. <laughs> That's how kind of, a, kind of a season it has been on the south side, but are you believing now, Sox fans? 312-644-6767. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Paul is in Valparaiso. Good morning, Paul. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Paul, you Hello, there? Paul. We lose Paul. We must have lost Paul. Bruce, let, let me ask you this. When you watched last night, transpire and you know they don't have a lawyer you know Luis Robert is uh, on paternity leave you see Mancata out we know Tim Anderson is gone you're in a in the midst of a, a, a do or die series frankly against the twins you're without four of your best players who by design would be in the thick of it when you are in the middle of it how uh how do you explain that? I mean, is that just baseball, isn't it? I mean, you got Romy Gonzalez getting a big hit and having a big night. You've got Elvis Andrews, you know, at the top of the order. These are crazy things. And then you look at the White Sox, and it's like, okay, it's that kind of year. You're going to have to rely on people you never thought you'd be in a position to count on. You know, David, they're, they're just ball players, and they're, they're, they're coming in and playing ball. They don't have any preconceived idea of what the team has gone through. They're just going out there and playing. I think Andrews has been a, a tremendous addition to the team. He hasn't hit great, but what he does, he, he brings a, uh, a consistent professional, you know, look every day at shortstop, makes all the plays there, has good at bats, uh, looks like he's having a good time. You know, you, you see him uh, very loosey-goosey, uh, as, as you mentioned, you know, Romy uh, going in there and, and having a good game. These guys are good ballplayers, but sometimes a team collectively just gets uptight. I think we saw that with the White Sox. Uh, here, you know, they were just as mystified as to why they haven't been better as, as the White Sox fan base in, in Chicagoland. We, you know, nobody could understand it. And that's why, you know, the players only uh, only meeting uh, the other day and, you know, the idea that, hey, 
uh, it's still right in front of us here. Let's go and play our game. And, uh, you know, getting together as a team, uh, you know, again, it's, it's it really seems uh, over uh, over explained in our part because team meetings are usually a real bad thing. It's usually, as Ozzy says, only bad teams have meetings. OK, they, nobody else needs meetings. Uh, and I think a lot of managers agree with that. But in this case, the players decided to do it together, held us outside of the clubhouse for an extra eight or 10 minutes waiting to get in. We didn't know it was a, a players only um, meeting until I, I got in there and started nosing around a little bit and asking some uh, pain in the ass questions that I normally ask. And uh, yeah, I, could, and I can't again, imagine that, Bruce. No, I mean, no. You, you get no indication of that every Saturday. <laughs> no, never. I would, that's shocking to me, actually. Hey, let's go out to the phone lines. Let's listen to what the fans have to say. Charlie is in LaGrange. Good morning, Charlie. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Yes, uh, I have a comment. Uh, listening to the game last night and hearing that Eloy's not playing because he's got sore legs and Robert's still on maternity leave, it's like, what? Uh, Steve Stone was on the, one of the shows last week talking about, you, you play nicked up. This isn't June or July where you could take a few more days for paternity leave or, or you know, rest your legs or whatever the hell that is. That's been going on all year with these players. Rest your legs. This isn't soccer. Uh, he can't – it's the biggest game of the year. They're, they're coming back from, from uh, you know, trying to catch these two teams in September – and Eloy's got sore legs and can't play, and the other guy's still on maternity leave. He's been on that for a week. I mean, Charlie, I hear you. you. When, you pay, when you when you pay these guys up front. Thanks, Charlie, for the phone call. Bruce, you saw Eloy running. I don't think he's coming back anytime soon. He looked like a guy who was laboring, and I don't know if he's in a in a hundred. He's a hundred percent healthy. So even if he wanted to fight through it, if he could, it, it looked like me. Uh, taking my fast-paced walking the every day I do, trying to get into a jog, okay? And then saying, you know what? I better stick, stay with the fast-paced walking because he couldn't run at all, okay? It looked like he had... I, I won't say he re-injured himself, but it looked like Kirk Gibson in the uh, in the 88 World Series, you know, against Oakland. And, and the, the idea that he, he just couldn't move at all. He came in as a pinch hitter, you're not going to see him the rest of the weekend, I don't believe. It was that bad. As far as the paternity leave, the guy's wife had a baby, okay? You know, give him a break, all right? It, 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 the, the optics are bad, David, because of the fact that he's missed so much time and he's needed now. But let's put it in perspective. This is a baseball game, okay? A team that's right at 500. Yeah, it's an important series, but... The guy and his uh, significant other had a child, all right? So he gets to go and be there. He should be there for that, all right? But let's let's have a proper perspective on that, all right? Well, I think this has been a week where, you know, the human aspect of professional sports has come into play. And I think it does require some perspective to, you know, give Luis Robert the benefit of the doubt here to – uh, be understanding of what he's going through as a as a new father, and I think to give Tony Larusa the space that everybody should get when they're going through uh, a condition, a heart condition, certainly uh, of of a man who's 77 years old. Regardless of what you think of him as a manager, I think as a person, you have to respect the fact that he's dealing with a serious health issue. And we can look at the ramifications, and we can talk about the cause effect and the baseball team and. 
But I think, yeah, Bruce, this has been a good reminder, a good week a lesson in perspective, if you will. There are things that happen outside of, you know, the baseball diamond and the stadium and, and the purview of the White Sox that I think require us to look at things, you know, in a, from a human perspective. And, and that's well put and, and good understanding. The thing that Charlie said, though, Bruce, from a, from a sports perspective that I think is worth keeping an eye on and I think is worthy of debate. When the White Sox gave these long-term contracts that provided the kind of professional security that not a lot of players at their stages of their respective careers get, did they take their foot off the gas? Did that remove the urgency from either conditioning, from playing through injury or pain, and from understanding what it takes to keep yourself performing at a certain level that you achieved to earn the contract that you, that you received? David, I always keep my receipt because I like to return things. Okay, so I don't know if Rick Hahn and company can uh, go back and return, get it returned on some of these contracts they gave out. They gave them out in good faith, knowing that there was extreme talent there that they paid it to. I don't think anybody's going to argue Mankata's talent, uh, Robert's talent, Eli's talent. But getting them on the field and being able to play, whether it's injury, desire, a combination of the two. That is a hard read for us at this present time. We're going to continue to talk White Sox. What do you think, Sox fans? Are you a chiromaniac? Do you believe the Sox have caught fire on the south side? What do you think? Let us know. 312-644-6767. We're also going to talk Cubs this hour, and we have Nick Madrigal at 1030. We have Chris Getz at 10 o'clock. We have Bruce Levine and me, David Haw, talking baseball inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. For some chin music. Hey, um, how about a warning? Sure. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Watch out you don't get killed. <laughs> because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message, especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, David and Bruce come in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one. Like this. 
everybody has their different ways of doing things. So I think that's the biggest thing you can speak to is just a, a different personality and a different, and I'm not saying negative or positive. It's just, it, it's a different way. Like we all think differently. We all, um, if we were in this position, all of us uh, as a manager, we would all manage differently. No one would do it the same. So I think there's just a different style potentially uh, of, of managing. <clears throat> so, and like I said, I'll reiterate again, not good or bad, negative or positive. It's just, um, and and I think that Tony has grown up and played in an age of baseball that I haven't. That was Kendall Graveman. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I am David Haw, along with Bruce Levine. We're talking baseball until 11 o'clock. That's one of our favorite segments that you heard the, the sound for. Chin music and Kendall Graveman, Bruce. You were talking to him at his locker about the differences between Tony Labrusa, who has been gone for the last several games, and Miguel Cairo, who is the front runner for interim manager of the year. And, and let me preface all this by saying that uh, at the point uh, 20 seconds before this soundbite, he told me, "Hey, look, uh, what went on in our players-only meeting is between us. I, I might tell you." down the line a little bit, but uh, we're going to keep that in here for now. But, uh, you know, again, it, there were, it was a, a raw moment in the White Sox clubhouse where the manager is gone, a new manager is in place that hasn't managed before in the major leagues. Uh, the team is, uh, uh, has lost uh, 11 out of 13 games and players only meeting. Um, you know, people weren't in a very talkative mood. So, you know, I give Graven an awful lot of credit David, because he's always a stand-up guy. He's been terrific to us and, and yeah, the has. station. And, mm-hmm. and and he always has something really interesting to say. He's a well-thought-out guy. And I think that when you hear the way that he said it, as respectfully as he was, was being, it, you can't get past the fact, Bruce, it feels as if and it looks as if. And maybe this is human nature, and certainly they have three straight victories to point to. But it's like the Sox exhaled. And, and I know that you can still be serious. You can still be concerned about Tony LaRusso's health and, and be empathetic to what he's going through and what the Sox as an organization are going through and, and acknowledge the fact that they look like a team that's more relaxed the last three games. Right. And, and maybe that's a bit of a reach because they have won them and we're looking for something, anything as a sign of life, proof of life. But I think that's what it feels like is that, boy, the Sox look – like they are playing like the team that we expected them to play like all along. Maybe, but they, they made two errors. They were trailing most of the game, okay? Uh, again, I, I relate it to the pitching. Let, let's, I can't go there yet and say they're okay. going to streak through September. I, I can't do that. I can only rely on the fact that they, they have a chance to have a well-pitched game every, every single night, which to me is really the essence of baseball and really the essence of September-October baseball. If you're going to have good pitching, you're going to be in it, and you're going to stay in it. Uh, again, base running is still not good. The the defense is still not good. But there's there there might be a new energy there that helps them get through some of these things here. And again, these are all really good players once they get back to once you get Mancata back, once you get uh, Luis Robert back, once you get uh, Eloy back. You might not. Get them all back. They might not play every day, but these are talented players. In the meantime, uh, the rest of those guys stood up over the last three games and and made it interesting. I think that's just what I heard when I heard Graveman 
saying something without saying something, right? I think he was being very respectful, and maybe he was trying to put that and articulate that in so many words. And he is a veteran who has been around every, a while. And well, David, every everybody likes the substitute teacher for the first few days, right? Right. Right. I mean, exactly. it's like, oh man, what a relief! Uh, you know, the teacher's gone. Someone else is here. They're just gonna have no us uh, look at our books, and we can just start talking to each other again and do nothing for the next few days. Well, it's not like that in baseball or sports, but there is a sense of relief. Uh, the sense of relief that uh, there's a different voice, that Tony is go- hopefully going to go home and get better, and that, uh, you know, uh, again, it's a player's game. It always has been. This isn't high school baseball or football. It's it's all about the energy coming from those players and them getting their act together. It's not about a Newt Rockney speech. It's not about Bill Belichick. Uh, you know, setting it's, the tone. It's, it's all the opposite, about the though. Players. It, it's yeah. the opposite. It's when right. you don't have that, that maybe the intense feeling walking around trying to win one for the Gipper every day. It's as if you just, you know, you're able to play because you're relaxed. You're not gripping the bat as tightly as maybe you did before. Bruce, okay, I will acknowledge I may be getting carried away, but you know what? I saw Yasmani Grandal hit a home run last night, so I can't, I can't be responsible for getting. Sox fans see that and they think anything is possible. He hit a, a home run in a no game that one, they won. No one was more surprised than Yasmani Grandal. He, <laughs> he was shocked because it was one of those 344 feet home runs that you can only hit at uh, at guaranteed rate. Okay. And, yeah. And and he was like, okay, I didn't. I hit a pop up. It went out. You know, we're tied. This is fantastic. I think that type of energy and. Looking at him, you know, sheepishly grinning, you know, like, wow, I, we really tied it up on that pop-up. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, the White Sox deserve some good things to happen, and, and it's happened over the last three games. Let's let, let's uh, correct one mistake I think I made, and that is they they lost the first game under right. uh, Cairo. Uh, three so they won one. three yeah. straight after three that. Three straight yeah. since that. And I think I thought we were going to come in this morning, Bruce, last night with Yasmani Grandal and asked the question for callers, which was the biggest fluke, his home run that was 342-foot surprise, or the blooper, did you see that against the shift that went right over the third baseman's glove, and he ended up on first base with a single. Looks like a line drive in the, in the box score. Yeah, and, and it's, look, uh, they deserve some breaks. They've gotten us some breaks here. But, again, it starts with good pitching. Uh, after the first inning, the White Sox pitched extremely well. I believe in their pitching. I, I really do. Um, so from that perspective, the Sox can definitely stay in it. Uh, the offense has still got a long way to go. But again, you're playing with a, a bench that takes you all the way through the 28 guys right now. And you're getting the most out of guys, uh, you know, perspective of, of what they're able to do and who they are when they're out there. Let's squeeze in a phone call. Steve is on the road. Good morning, Steve. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning, guys. Uh, enjoying the show. Thanks again for all your hard work. You know, I, I'm a fan, but my fandom is kind of grown as I've aged to say, I'm looking for entertainment. I want good entertainment. The White Sox were not very entertaining. I mean, they didn't play hard. They, they didn't seem to play smart, and they certainly had some uh, long stretches where you just were bored with the games. But I think that's changed, and I'm excited to watch this last month because obviously now the urgency is at a high level. You're in the last month. I think Cairo is 
making some moves that we all wish had been made about getting pinch runners into the game earlier, getting pitchers ready to go earlier, thinking of some innovative ways to put some new talent in there. I mean, I don't expect my team to be winning uh, a championship every year, but I just expect them to be competitive and entertaining, whether it's the Bears or the Bulls. And if they're not playing hard, that really saps all the fun out of it. And, you know, we saw that last year with the Bears with Eddie Jackson failing to touch people and the Bulls kind of falling asleep on defense. Like, this year with the White Sox, you had that same feeling, but I feel it's turned around here in the last last few days, and hopefully with you know Tyrell, he'll continue to be innovative and on top of things. Thanks, you know Steve. what? Uh, you know what, David? He brings up a tremendous point. I, I have to I have to relate my thoughts on this, and that is the mistake the White Sox organization made. It's it starts above Larus. It's all the way from the top down. Is we've told the players because of all the uh, issues we've had with soft tissue injury, not to run hard sometimes. Okay, that message not only to the players, but to the fan base and the media, put them under the microscope the rest of the way, okay? And from that pers- from that time on, we've looked at players going, are you not running hard because you're trying to protect injury or are you not running hard because you just hit a ground ball to second base, okay? Uh, we can't figure that out. But that was a colossal mistake yes. organizationally they made by, yes. by making the comment that, Hey, we've told him to be smart about it. You cannot put an athlete on a field in any sport and tell him to be smart about what you can do. Preach it, Bruce. Only thing you can do, David, is put him on the bench and say, when you're ready to play, we're putting you out there. And if you're not 100%, you're not going out on the field. Amen. The 2022 White Sox slogan, trying barely. You're not going to win baseball in a division. We're going to come back. We're going to talk Cubs when we return. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome inside the clubhouse. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports station presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Yeah, I mean, we had guys in scoring position. We just couldn't do anything with it. We put the ball on the ground a lot, got him out of some trouble. Um, you know, I felt like we made him work and had some guys in, in spots to, to come through. We just didn't tonight. So, uh, yeah, you got to give some credit to him. But, uh, you know, we just couldn't find that big hit that, that found a hole or, or found some outfield grass. Thanks for joining us this morning inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. David Hall, Bruce Levine until 11. That was David Ross after the Cubs' 8 to nothing loss last night to the Cardinals in St. Louis. Bruce, big picture. I want to step back for a moment as we talk Cubs and shift the topics here. Say a Suzuki, he had two of the seven hits last night for the Cubs in their shutout loss. But I want to ask you this. I've been thinking about this all week, and I wanted to ask you when we had you on Mullen Haw, but we ran out of time. If Seiya Suzuki didn't have the $85 million contract, the five-year commitment from the Cubs, where would he be on your list of players that you would project to be 
on the next great Cub team? Uh, to be determined. I, I cannot make that call at this point because we saw the first month of the season, he was a revelation, right? I mean, he was the best player on the Cubs. Uh, he was filling all their thoughts about, you know, what he was going to be. I think he had a very tough start for the first week. And then after that, he caught fire. Uh, he was a very excellent player. Then he hit a rut where uh, they were, he was striking out a lot and they were finding zones, red zones on him uh, as far as his hitting went and getting him out a lot. And then made an adjustment and then hurt that finger and was out for about five weeks. So it, it's an incomplete at this point. I think if you project, his, David, he's got 320 at-bats. He's got 10 homers, right. uh, 40 RBIs, okay? Um, if you project that out, it's probably 18 homers and 70, 75 RBI. You know, uh, would he be in the race for rookie of the year uh, with those type of numbers? His outfield play has been outstanding. I mean, there's been a couple of days where he hasn't looked good outside of that. Uh, the way he sets up, the way he throws, uh, the way he um, just his body language uh, tells you he's he's a ball player. OK, I'm, I'm going to give him that opportunity next spring to come in, hopefully have a healthy year and be a part of this at age uh, 28, 29 and be a part of this rebuild for the next three or four years. Yeah. So I, I think that it's possible. I can't tell you what his American numbers are going to be. I can tell you that I see a ball player inside of there. I see a serious guy. I see a guy that has fun with his teammates. Um, not uptight whatsoever, good or bad news happening his way. So I'm, I'm going to remain optimistic for him going toward the future. I think that's a fair assessment. I think I maybe expected more power numbers to be better, maybe a little better average than 261, Bruce. And, and I don't want to be unfair to him but I'm asking the question in the context of the bigger picture and I think we assume a lot of things about Suzuki he's a plus defender as well and he's a good teammate everybody knows that and I'm not necessarily questioning him as much as his place on the priority list because let's look ahead and and this is the optimistic part of the Cubs conversation this is the part where you look at their prospects and you see Pete Crow Armstrong at South Bend coming up you see McCanario hitting home runs at every level as an outfield prospect Chris Christopher Morell has been a revelation. Brendan Davis homered and has looked good at Iowa in terms of you know his return, and you wonder if he's going to be in Chicago before the end of the year. And then you throw a lot of other bats into the mix. Matt Mervis is mashing, as they say. So I do think it's a fair – I know he's. I know Mervis is not an outfielder, but you talk about finding room for guys to play and – Suzuki having one spot and Ian Happ maybe holding down another is starting to get crowded out there. That's a good thing because offense from the Chicago Cubs has been a mystery from their outfield over the, the last few years. I mean, it is unless uh, Chris Bryant was playing out there at some time during his peak uh, and Schwarber uh, at the uh, at the end of his uh, season in 2019, I believe it was. Uh, you know, had a, had a really good year. But realistically, David, outfield out offense has been just terrible for the Chicago Cubs over the last three years, uh, except for when Hap got hot uh, the beginning of 2020, uh, the end of 2021. There was, you know, Jason Hayward era, you know, was 
offensively, there was not coming out, nothing coming out of there. Uh, center field, you know, uh, has been a, a black hole uh, since the championship run. So from all of that, good outfield play and offense from the outfield is essential. And it's good that they have people coming because the old adage in baseball, David, it's always been, oh, you can always get an outfielder that hits 15 and drives in 75. <laughs> Right. But that's that's not the case in uh, in this era of uh, of shifting launch angle and, uh, you know, uh, dominant eight ninety eight mile an hour fastballs uh, up out of the zone. It's just been a, a different era. And the Cubs have had very little production in the outfield over the last three years. Yeah, it will be something that we need to keep an eye on. And, and I don't want to pick on Seiya Suzuki. I think they have had other things that have, have emerged that you didn't expect. Fran Mil Reyes, Bruce, has got to be a guy that you consider uh, bringing back in 2023. I don't think anybody anticipated that. So that's a bat you have in the lineup. Wilson Contreras, yeah. his, his future seems a bit predetermined, and he probably won't be here. Let's hope he doesn't end up in St. Louis. Let's hope that he doesn't uh, uh, replace Yadier Molina, some of the speculation that and, we talked as, about this week. As a guy that loved National League Baseball, I'm still getting used to the fact that, oh, yeah, a race can be a DH. Oh, yeah, there's still a, there's a DH in the National League. Oh, yeah, the general manager can go out and look for a full-time DH if they want to. Uh, it's still something to get used to for me. And, and, you know, again, a guy like Reyes who would have never fit in with the Chicago Cubs if they were still in National League rules, uh, that, that, that's a game changer for them now. They can, they can have a guy like Reyes. They can... They can get a year out of uh, Contreras uh, that's more productive because you you have 50 or 60 games where he can DH. I mean that that's it's it's a big difference. And as somebody who's an idealist that respects leadership, I'm like, oh yeah, they could resign Wilson Contreras if they want to, but apparently they don't, <laughs> and that's a different conversation. When we come back, Bruce, we're going to shift gears. We're going to talk to the fine assistant general manager in charge of the minor leagues and player development. Chris Getz joins us on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.